Another episode of the uh, Courtside Indiana podcast. Once again, Jim Reamer here with Zach Tyler. Zach, how's your how was your weekend? Uh, it went well. Actually, able to get outside this weekend and do some things. That, so that's that's helpful during this time. Yeah, I know. That's you know, it's funny. We've our life has become. Last couple times we've talked about what are we? You know, we, we want to talk about more of what we're doing with uh, with all the shutdowns and stuff. But I, I think people are more interested in our basketball knowledge than they are yeah i think so what we're doing but but um did you did you get a chance to watch the jordan documentary last night i did i did uh enjoyed that some things in there i wasn't wasn't aware went down and was very interesting yeah it's i don't know how much i i guess the 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 upcoming episodes are going to get a little bit more in depth obviously they're just sort of introducing the topic right now so there wasn't a lot of new information in the first two episodes other than maybe the most important things, which is how do Jordan and Pippin really, really feel about right. the lead up to what's about to happen. And so obviously that's where the, the rubber hits the road, but, but um, definitely looking forward to it. Twitter was fun. I didn't get a chance to watch it in real time. I watched it like 1115. I started watching it. So I was, I was, reading Twitter as it was coming across and, and, um, as much as I love Twitter for the draft, uh, and, and Twitter for, uh, the trade deadline, Twitter last night was fun. I was having some fun with it too, kind of poking LeBron fans. So I saw that. Yeah. Which I'm apt to do every now and then, but as much as I wanted the bulls to lose games when Jordan was playing, he was at absolute best and, I'll, I'll I'll fight anybody who wants to argue otherwise. So <laughs> maybe not really fight them, but but uh, <laughs> yeah, to me, Jordan's the greatest of all time, and and we're I think we're going to figure out his competitive desire. That's what made him different. Um, not to mention his just overwhelming talent. So, um, all right. So today we're going to what hit the class of twenty twenty two, right? Yeah. We've um, twenty twenty one's a hard act to follow. And as much as we talked about, there may not be any, you know, surefire. We think this guy is going to be a, you know, NBA type guy. Uh, there's a, just a ton of talent in 2021, and and maybe at some point we get a little deeper dive uh, as we get closer to the season, um, rather than just some of the the sleepers that we talked about last week. But but 2022 probably not going to be as deep. Uh, but we still need to touch on some kids and, and, you know, definitely these are obviously a lot of guys, right? We both were wanting to look at come summer. Yeah, definitely. Right? Definitely. Um, well, let's, let's start at the power forward. We're going to kind of get some insight in, in how we have some things ranked here. We're not going to go too detail on where people are ranked, but, but um, we're definitely going to touch on our top 10 guys in the class. Um but we're going to take a look at five to seven guys at each position and, and either talk about them in depth or, or just maybe touch on them a little bit just to kind of give everybody an idea of who they might look for this summer, who they might look for next year, taking bigger roles with varsity teams. And we're going to start with one who presumably is the number one player in the class. 
and certainly talent wise it's there but he's just his tours acl in in december i uh, was hurt a little bit last june as well when i had a chance to try and see him and that's jalen washington from gary west uh, zach i know neither one of us got a really huge chance to watch him play but uh, you you've definitely had opportunity to see some other stuff on him yeah i've taken a look at some things on him uh Obviously has that size, got him listed at 6'8", works inside, uh, quick feet, good hands around the basket, can catch the ball, uh, and he'll hit his free throws, it looks like, too. Uh, so some good things there. I uh, didn't see much rebounding-wise on the little bit I've seen, but offensively he looks very gifted. Yeah, his, his skill – I mean, I've seen – a. I, I've seen him play part of one game and his skill level, his size, a lot of times you get tricked into falling in love with guys that, that, that look great in loose situations. And at six, eight as as skilled as he is, um, it's got to tighten up or else it's not going to carry over to, to not just good defensive teams, but, but certainly teams that scheme around it. And, Thought his shot mechanics looked good the couple times, I, or the one time I saw him play. Um, you echoed that, and then you even said his free—you know—he he looks good shooting free throws. Of course, that's right now it's the only video we have. I think is right. him shooting free throws. It seems like, but but um, the, the NBA level, the, oftentimes they say they look for they gauge free throw accuracy and 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 shot mechanics on free throws as to whether or not they think a guy will translate out to a three-point shooter, especially guys that they, they try to project out there. And not to say that he, this isn't an NBA comparison by any stretch, but, but just you, you look at a guy's shot mechanics on his free throws, and it's, easy to, it's kind of easy to extrapolate that out to the three-point line, and maybe Jalen becomes that kind of an offensive weapon. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know that yet. Um, none of us do, really. But the people that have seen him play a little bit more really love him. Um, I know I've talked to a couple coaches in the area who've liked him, um, but that's definitely a guy that as he gets healthier, you're going to be able to see a lot of. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If he gets healthier. And then we've, we mentioned Gary Westside last, last week, I believe all those guys coming back and Christmas coming back to town. Now it'll be really interesting to see what they can do this next season. Yep. The rest of the power forwards are kind of down my area. At least, at least this next batch, Jeffrey Simmons from Fishers, um, Alex Covery from, from Tri-West, and Antonio Lizenby from Avon. Those are three guys that are Indianapolis area. Simmons is, is the biggest impact of those three. Um, really good around the basket, really good around the paint. Struggled some in the sectional, um, and, that, and that's obviously a sectional I get up close look at every year. Um, but absolutely love his motor. And it's a kid that I, I think as he develops more of an outside shot, he's going to get a chance to use that. I mean, it's his – again, we go back to mechanics. I, I think he looks good, looks fluid shooting the ball. Um, he, he looked – he struggled putting the ball on the floor. Um, and, and that may be um, a difference maker as to what happens in his recruiting. Um, but – He's going to have, you know, he's had a great sophomore year for Fishers. So, um, the Covery kid from Liston, right, you know, pretty much attached the paint the whole time. I, I don't know that he shot a three all year. Um, 
He's a kid. They don't run a lot of offense through him. But he had a productive sophomore year. It's a team that lost a lot of kids the year before. And he stepped in and provided them some some nice minutes. Um, Antonio Lizenby at Avon. It's a kid that, you know, Avon had a had um, had some nice size and some nice length on the varsity. And, and he was primarily JV this year. Or at least he wasn't varsity. I guess I shouldn't say that. I don't. I didn't get a chance to see Avon's JV this year, so I'm not sure what his minute splits were or um, or where he was in their program. But it's a kid that I've seen play in the past. He, he's he's got a nice body. He's a good athlete. He could probably his motor's a little inconsistent at times, but sometimes that's a function of youth. Um, and then we're looking at you know guys like Brevin Hallett from uh, Blue River Valley whose father, Josh, played at Indiana State and White River Valley. So they have the River Valley schools market cornered. Um, Brevin, if you don't know, his dad's seven feet tall. Brevin's not nearly that height, not that size, but he's definitely at 6'5", 6'6", an active kid. Um, Blue River had a really good year this year, or had a, had a good year this year for a 1A school, and, and Brevin was a big part of that statistically. Um, Cam Bontrager. That's a kid that you had heard some about. I don't, but I don't know if you've had a chance to see him play at all. Uh, I have not. He had a really good season this year. It looks like stat wise, I was checking out some stats. He averaged twenty one a game, nine rebounds, three blocks, shooting sixty percent from the field. So uh, it looks like he dunks anything close to the basket he gets a hold of. <laughs> yeah, it looks like we, you know, that's the deal too. Where as we get spent most of the season trying to f- look for freshmen yep, and then, you know, to, to talk more about and then find, and then really get a handle of these junior guys in the juniors and the sophomore class probably weak for both of us, but other than some of the top obvious guys, but, but yeah, Camden's definitely a kid that I think uh, deserves mention, deserves a, a lot more look. Um, and then there's just some, a couple of other kids that, you know, I think are, are interesting. You like Joe, you like, you heard some about Joe Reedy from, from uh, Woodland. Yep. Um, and another kid up your way that, that I like, not really up your way, but Northern third is, um, he's long, he's thin, uh, Logan Lankenau from Fort Wayne Carroll. And, um, it's a kid that's interesting. If he can, if his body can start to fill out, he is definitely trying to be more of a face up player. And not a bad looking shot, really slow release right now. Um, and, and probably in a situation where, you know, there'll be some battles as to whether he plays inside or out. Um, but he was a JV kid this year for Carroll. And that's, if you've ever watched Carroll and you know how Mart, you know how Beasley is with his program. I mean, those kids live in the weight room. And I mean, it, it looks, they come down, they played Carmel this year and it, it looked like men against boys, at least physically, you know, and, and Carmel jumped up on them pretty good, but, but they fought back. And mostly because once they started to get a little traction defensively, Carmel just had a hard time having their way with, with off ball movement, really. And, um, and we're going to talk on about one of the other players here later as well. So so that's kind of it for the, the – was there anybody else you thought we needed to discuss? I know we'll probably have some more details on other positions, but really Jalen Washington, as far as top players in the class, he's the only kid right now, and maybe Simmons, 
that sort of impacts the top players, of the class list. Did sure. You, yeah. Anybody else we're missing? Uh, no, I think that's probably good, especially from up around no, my way. Yeah. I was going to say no sleepers that we're missing up here. I mean that, uh, looking at our There's list, no real sleepers. Yeah, uh, I I like Jalen Bullock from Michigan City. He's got a high okay. motor, plays well, uh, and I was able to see uh, Gabe Gillespie this year as well. Good, really good player, good athlete. Yeah, and he's he's sort of a weird Gillespie's sort of a tweener, you know, on a, on a team that had a lot of guards, and he was, I think he's the one that. I'm not entirely sure he belongs on the, the power forward list, but but um, definitely how they were using him, the, the game I saw against Lake Central, and uh, and that was at a time when they were still trying to figure out if uh, if Kyle Ross was still going to be around or not. The shooting guard position in this class is, is probably the deepest, and and I we're as a website we're not real sure how we're going to handle. Reggie Bass. Re- Reggie is a Muncie Central guy who transferred to um, the Hamilton Heights Christian Prep out of Tennessee. He is um, probably, I would say, coming into high school, definitely a, a definitely in consideration, maybe the top player in the class, definitely the biggest impact player in the class coming in. Uh, prevailing thought he was was going to have a you know a major role at Muncie Central as a freshman certainly that's that's kind of understated at this point, um, and I mean he had that as a freshman I'm talking I'm sorry we're, this is their sophomore year now um jeez but um, <laughs> you know he's a kid that does a lot of things well his, his shot needs to improve a little bit more um, but he's very athletic, very good with the ball. Um, gets the rim kind of at will. He's he's got a good body on him, and and, and p- the times I saw him play played really hard. It's unfortunate that he's gone out of state for the school year. We'll get a chance to see him play in the spring and summer this year, um, but haven't seen him play since basically last July, and even then it was brief. Or I'm sorry, last June. Um, um, for in-state kids, Will Lovings Watts, um, he's at Clarksville now, at least by all accounts. I don't know if we, you know, how closely that's, you know, when he's going to be able to play next year, he's transferred out of Jeffersonville right around late January. And there was some confusion as to why he would do that. Cause Jeff seemingly had a really, you know, had a good chance to be, make a deep run in March, um, he is uh, six foot four, six foot five, extremely long. I thought he shot the ball really. He shot the ball really well when I watched him play during the school year this year. They played Southwestern. Southwestern, one of their top two players was hurt, uh, so they were undermanned a little bit against Jeff. Uh, Southwestern is a, has been came into the year one of the top two A teams in the state. Of course, that's the same team that Coach Baumholt resigned from in late mid to late February. So obviously a program that had some interesting issues going in late in the year, but, but what loving watch transferring to Clarksville just didn't make a lot of sense, but um, I know Clarksville was decent this year. They'll, they'll be even better with him. That goes without saying, 
Um, but I, I've really liked his development of his outside shot as I've watched him grow here the last year, last couple years. And it's a kid that um, physically should be a really good defender. He's definitely capable. And he's just got to c- continually get the motor on defense like he has it on offense. But um, had you seen – you'd said it off the air that you hadn't had a chance to see Reggie play. Had you had a chance to see Will play at all? No, I have not. No? No. Well, well, tell us what you like. So Connor Essigen is, is – or Connor Essigen. Essigen? How do you say his last name, uh, you think? Essigen, maybe? Essigen. Essigen. There yeah. we go. I know a guy that'll know. Um, to give Casey Adams a call, but uh, talk you you liked him during the year when you saw him play. Yeah, I really did. I saw them in a big game at Cherubusco this year. Um, they were on the losing end of that, but uh, this is a kid who can handle the ball well, great passer, moves without the ball really well. Also, uh, can hit the three on you, can take it to the basket on you. Just sound fundamentals. Uh, He'll kind of fade now and then when he shoots the ball, but I mean, he's a really solid, really solid two. Good size, like I said, too, for a two. Good, very strong. Defensively, defensively, what do we think? What do you think he is? Um, you know, away from that, away from their schedule at Central Noble. I mean, they obviously you just play the teams that are that are in front of you. You can't control a lot of that, but. Defensively, where does he? What's he look like when he's playing at a higher level? You think? Um, that's going to be the more difficult part because, like I said, uh, Cherubusco got the better of him that game. Uh, plays passing lanes fairly well. Uh, I'm not. He's he's strong enough to maybe body up a bigger guy in the post, but but I'm not sure you want him down there defending all the time in the post is the problem too. Is he doing that with Central Noble, or is that, or yeah. is he more perimeter? He's more perimeter oriented. He he can guard a little oh, bit of the post or defensively. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he can guard a little bit of the post if he has to, or if on on switches, but but not ideal. Yeah. Um, CJ Gunn at Lawrence North. You know, he was eight. He was at Hampton Southeastern as a freshman. Moved down to Lawrence North this year. And really a big part of what they did and the success they had. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about Perkins as we've moved through Indiana All-Star Mr. Basketball discussion. We talked last week about Avance and, and DJ Hughes. Um, and I know we've touched on Gunn in the past, but, but Gunn is prospect-wise every bit the player that – those three guys are, and, and maybe from a recruiting standpoint, just his length, his, ex, his explosiveness, and his skill probably falls somewhere between Perkins, where he was getting starting to get high major looks when he committed to Iowa, and and what Avance and Hughes are right now, which are, are pretty solid mid-major recruits, which again is by no means a bad thing. Um, but Gunn's a guy at six four. Probably still growing, good athlete, shoots the ball extremely well, um, needs to get stronger. And defensively, again, is a kid that 
I think as he saw how much effort Avance and Perkins put into it on the perimeter, I think it upped his game a little bit. It, it upped his sense of urgency. And and that's a that's a good thing that he's got to carry through because next year, as much as they lose Perkins, it's not like Lawrence North expects to take a step back on the kind of year they were going to have this year because they'll have those three guys back. And and Gunn becomes their primary outside threat, uh, in, in definitely in terms of stretching the floor, creating space with his with his outside shot. Um, it's going to be really in- interesting to see how he develops because that's a kid that people got a lot of high hopes on. And um, you know, again, if he comes out of it and he ends up in the MAC Missouri Valley, that that still means he's a heck of a player. Um, yeah, for sure. But he he's got some interesting combination of skill and athleticism the question will be now is does he really work to hone it can he become sort of a a killer on offense and maybe develop his body um you you had a chance to see you were going to talk a little bit about richard brooks from mishawaka right yeah yeah uh his name's come up quite a bit around up here uh he's a pen kid originally transferred into mishawaka uh so and then was only able to play JV this year. Uh, I've heard really good things about him, that he's supposed to be pretty good. So we'll we'll have to catch him either hopefully this summer or, or in the uh, the winter coming up here. Yeah, I I've seen him play a couple times. He they come down with a group of kids from South Bend, Mishawaka area, and play in our fall league. And and he is he looked good in those games. He shoots the ball well. He handles it. Um, they're all all those kids that come down are are 2022 kids and they've been very competitive in in what is a competitive league so um not knowing a lot of those kids as they were younger it's tough to figure out who some of them were um but you know without really digging deep in their program and usually i'm chicken with my head cut off trying to get from court to court make sure everything's going smoothly but but i i know that's a kid that has done well statistically in our in our league but um, be really good to see him get a chance this this upcoming year to play for Marion. But yeah, for sure. Um, other kids down here not had a chance to see Christian Nunn play yet. Out of out of and out of Liberty Christian and Anderson, um, heard a lot of really good things about him. He comes from a family that's produced a lot of. They're, they're all cousins though. I maybe they're not all cousins, but but there's about three or four of them that have come through. Going back to Chris Nunn, um class of 2015 and all these kids have been good chris was a kid that graduated from liberty christian and went to um went to st joe's up in rensselaer before it shut down uh people really think none's the real deal um ahmad gerard from fort from mount vernon six three six four his dad graduated from warren central in 1999 played on some really good warren central teams um Ahmad is one of two twins. He is the better of the two right now. Um, he's the bigger of the two at 6'4 and, and, and a shooting guard. Pretty skilled. Needs, outside shot needs work. Very, very good defender. A, a whole lot like his dad in that regard. Um, a, a guy that really brings it, brings energy on both ends of the floor and offensively just has a chance to really get better and, 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 and was really a key part of Mount Vernon's season this year. Um, and the last one I really want to talk about is Ryan Conwell at Pike. I mean, really, I think 
most people that have followed this class kind of knew who he was. I, I didn't know much about him coming in other than the fact that, you know, he and JJ Loudon, who's another sophomore shooting guard, both were starters for Pike and, and Ryan almost by de fact, by default had to play the point. I'm not a, entirely sure that's his natural position. Um, but he looked good doing it. Definitely looked good running coach Zick's offense. And, um, you know, as, as Davion Bailey graduates, they're going to really need to fill the spot, you know, of somebody, you know, multiple people are going to have to fill the role of, of scoring for those, for those guys. Um, that's it as far as shooting guards. Um, no, you know, the one we didn't talk about and we need to, is Julian Norris out of Evansville Bossy. And, and it's a kid that is, gets the rim, shoots it pretty well. Gets downhill. Um, a lot of buzz around him, thinking that he could be kind of the next big name out of Evansville. And you know, statistically, it's not easy being a being a sophomore at Bossy and putting up 12, 13 points a game. It doesn't scream high major. Um, but on a team that was pretty balanced this year, you know, I, I know that. Um, Burkhart, Coach Burkhart down there loves the kid and is really pumping him up. And um, you know, that's going to be a name that you start to see creeping into some discussions with, uh, in regards to high major recruiting. And I, I'm anxious to see him play a little bit more. And that's a kid that, as much as I've seen like w Watts and, and Bass and, and Gunn, no, the Norris kid kind of snuck up on me this year. And, and um, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to see him play. It, any other shooting guards you had seen that that we kind of we've we've either talked about listed or uh, we kind of mentioned the Nep kid at Lake Central, Ethan Nep. You we both said we've seen him really good shooter. Yeah, really good, really good shooter. JV kid this year for them, but but still a really good shooter and, and got some length to him. Anybody else in your in up there? Um, I think that's about it actually from up here that I've seen well enough to t discuss now, you know, Tucker, Tucker Bevan at new Albany is a kid that obviously got a lot of, you know, starting guard from new Albany, new Albany started two sophomore guards this year. Um, sure. That's going to be a kid. We'll talk about a little bit more. Cam Hafner at Westfield was really good in the sectional for them. Um, Cal Thomas at Cloverdale. His father was was a great player at, at Speedway, went to Indiana State. Um, Kyle's one of the leading scorers in the state as a sophomore. Um, and then Bobby Winnell at Kokomo, his dad's the head coach there. And that's how old I am. We're getting to the point now where just a, a lot of kids or <laughs> their dads are guys I remember watching play, either coaching coaching them, coaching against them, or seeing them play. And, that's pretty and, cool. Uh, it, yeah, it is cool. It's, it just makes me feel damn old, though. So, <laughs> small forward wise, and again, most of this is—I mean, most of this this list is Central Indiana. It's—I um, don't know if we're underrepresenting the northern part of the state, but um, you know, even the even the Lalo Mare kid, Kamari Lands, is is from Central Indiana. I probably had a chance to see him more than you've had. I don't know that you had a chance to see Lala Mara play this year. No, I, I didn't, unfortunately. Um, 
Deontay Davis, though, DeAndre Davis's brother, you know, interesting. I think the the thought on him, 6'6", forward out of Lawrence Central, the, the thought on him is that he's got more skill, more bounce than his brother at that age. Um, his brother DeAndre was a kid that I loved coming up. I've always loved him defensively. He kind of was a late, not a late bloomer. He definitely wasn't an early bloomer physically. But always a kid that was unselfish, didn't try to force too much on offense. And, and sometimes you could see that leading into this year being an issue is whether or not he was just going to get a point where he was like, you know what, I got to take over parts of a game. Now, this year he really didn't have that big of a problem doing that. Scores in a lot of ways. Now, going back to his brother, Deontay, the one thing Deontay needs to improve upon is his definitely his shot mechanics. It, it's it's not fluid. It, it's more of a set shot. I know his, his dad will put a lot of work into it or at least a lot of making sure he puts a lot of work into it. Um, the kid this year kind of got lost at times or just disappeared at times during games. And, and again, when you've got two high major players as teammates, it's, it's really easy for them. It's really easy for a kid to, to not be productive in a statistical way, but still do some nice things in terms of defensively rebounding the ball. But it was just really important. You could see DeAndre go at him a little bit, trying to keep him engaged in games and big games. And, you know, even early in the year, just really emphasizing the importance of playing through every possession. And, and um, you know, it's too bad that only one of the mess of teams at sectional 10, you know, got a chance to come out of it. But but those, the other two LCLN games were outstanding games to watch and, and did not, you know, my being a homer and going to the Carmel sectional, I didn't get a chance to see Deontay in the sectional. But, but also a guy, too, that, you know, when Nigel Pack misses a couple of games because he's injured, all of a sudden you see Deontay spring up and have double-doubles. And the, the, the word from college coaches, again, we touched on this at the beginning, or I said this at the beginning, is he's, they probably view him as maybe has a higher ceiling than DeAndre. And that's, that's intriguing. And, and he's a kid that will have a huge amount of responsibility next year offensively. The only other player they that returned who really scored on any sort of regular basis was Greg Jenkins. And into this year, he was just basically a catch-and-shoot guy. Um, you know, and I don't know how much help they're going to get from their JV, but if they do, it's going to be young because they do have a couple of freshmen that could climb over some of those other sophomores. But, but you know, Deontay's going to have to carry a load next year. Um Moving down the list, again, I, I hate to do most of the talking, but it looks like most of these guys are Central Indiana or guys that I've seen. Kamari Lands at La Lumere is, is, a, is very talented. Is His motor's improved. His outside shot's improved. Um, you know, he's a kid that matured early, so he was 6'4", 6'5", playing middle school basketball and, and probably had times where he would – you know, just kind of being around on the paint and board and 
and you know just easily maybe not dominate but definitely easy easily control games and you know he was slated to go to brownsburg it's it's too bad that a kid like him couldn't stay at brownsburg and and that a kid like luke brown couldn't have stayed in brownsburg even though luke was kind of when he went to bethesda christian uh, in his younger grades but but if those two guys could have stayed in brownsburg and gone to brownsburg high school you're you're talking about just a team that would have been overloaded with talent oh wow, and, wow. Yeah, I don't, you know, that's something most people, you know, you don't know too much about unless you're watching, getting a chance to see these guys at younger ages. And, and, you know, what, what I like about Kamari is, is I, I like his touch. Um, and I didn't get a chance to see him play this year either. But when I, when I have seen him play, he's out there trying things and he's looking to score off the dribble and, and do more. And it, it looks good in the summer where there's not a ton of defense or there's not a, definitely not a ton of defensive schemes. Um, but, he, you know, with some of the offers that he's got already, you know, I mean, like, like Deontay, he's got high major offers, Texas Tech and Xavier. Deontay, by the way, has got Butler, Louisville, Nebraska and Xavier. Um, both those guys are, are kind of definite high major talents and just be interesting to see how they develop. Um, Peter Suter from Carmel, again, that's a kid that when he was a freshman, he was just basically a motor guy on a team full of seniors. Um, his job was to create plays defensively, probably got chewed a little bit every now and then for gambling too much uh, on the defensive end and then just be active around the glass. And, and this year, as a freshman, he shot seven threes. He was 0 for 7. In the summer, in June, I didn't see him shoot a whole lot in June. Um, he did. It didn't look fluid yet. And then three games into the school year, all of a sudden, he, he started shooting the ball of confidence. Now, I could see it progress incrementally during the fall, you know, stepping in, look, sneaking in every now and then and watching him work out. Uh, but the first two games, it just wasn't, it wasn't there. It wasn't something that he was even looking to do. And then all of a sudden the third game, he came out and he's just, he's just gunning, not gunning, but he's, he's confident in it. When he's in rhythm, he's really good. A couple of times during the year, I can remember he got some flat footed catches and almost like shot was an afterthought and it, it did not go well, <laughs> but, but it's a kid that still plays with a fabulous motor. He's their best defender. Although they've got a couple of other defenders in the team that allow him to sort of, take a take a little bit of load off of his plate um but by the end of the year he's consistently producing you know anywhere from 12 to 18 points you know able to sneak into 20 points as he gets the line a little bit and you know next year him and, and Waddell especially will be extremely versatile scorers and um it, and it was funny as Waddell got healthier you could see Suter getting back to that aggressive crash, crash the glass kind of mode where he didn't have to worry about picking up a foul here or a foul there because they didn't need to carry him. They didn't need him to carry as big of a load late in the year as, as they did early in the year where it just seemed like he may have been the only guy they had on the perimeter who was going to try and score. Um, as other guys improved and stepped up, he got back to his – you know, sort of his crashing the, the glass kind of way and, and really had some nice tip-ins and creating second-chance opportunities. And um, 
Go tell us about uh, Kaleo from Mishawaka. Yeah, Kaleo's a guy I got to see three times this year. Uh, two of the three times he got into foul trouble. Uh, Marion plays that zone defense, and he he found himself out of position fairly often. Those are the first two games I got to see. Uh, did a lot better in a sectional game against South Bend Washington that they they won. Uh, he was able to stay in the game, uh, and when he does that, he's effective. He's uh, <clears throat> can put the ball on the floor, get to the basket if he needs to. Hit, he can hit a jumper. Uh, really loves to run the floor also, and can rebound the well, re- rebound the ball well. So, so when he's in there and not in foul trouble, he's definitely an asset to the team. What what's his? What do you think his range is? Um, even, even what it is now and what, tell what it is now versus what it could project to be. He shoots it well enough. I feel like he could step out and be a three point threat and stretch the floor a little bit for them. Um, because obviously they got Sullivan, the, the freshman and yep. then, um, their, their senior point. That was their point guard. Their point guard was a senior, right? Right. Bracey's a senior. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they're. So they're definitely going to be. We we touched on Brooks earlier. They're definitely going to need some stuff out of Brooks and and Kakali. Is it Kakalia? Yes, that sounds right. Cool. Sounds good to me. <laughs> we need to get <laughs> now that we need to probably check the spelling or check the pronunciation of some of the stuff. But um, or it might be Kakalia. I can't remember. Um, yeah, again, he's one of the kids that comes down with those the Mishawaka South Bend kids. Uh-huh. I've loved his motor yeah, from the beginning. And good athlete. And didn't seem shoot the ball much. Down here, more slashing, more second chance opportunities. Yeah, say garbage, garbage and, points, yeah. Which are huge. Oh, no doubt. And just, but just always loved his motor. And in a lot of ways, like Suter, in terms of his motor, and you know, not having seen him play a school game, I assume it, I assume it translates. I don't assume he's just working hard in AAU and in the fall league, but no, definitely, but definitely, definitely works kid, hard when he's in. Yeah, definitely a kid that I think reason why they were successful even without Ivy was because they just their their young kids really stepped up, and he was definitely, one of them. And of course, Deaglin Deaglin Sullivan was another one. Um, a couple more guys I want to talk about, uh, Chandler Jackson at Warren central, um, six, six, four, six, five kid that for them, they're their second best shooter at Warren Malik Malik Stanley is their best shooter kid that we've talked about last week who really stepped up in not just a scoring way, but a leadership way. Jackson's a kid that, that. Would would have some games where he'd have six or eight points, but then he'd have a game or two where he'd, he'd jump up there and, you know, and, and into the high teens and twenties. Definitely a kid that's capable, and and Warren's going to have two real good weapons in those two guys. Um, not not to mention Sean Black, the other one of the other guards, but but Jackson is he's got an older brother who played, and he they're just very different players. But it, you know, you think. Six five. He's Warren doesn't have a whole lot of size to go with him, other than the Humphreys kid, who we might get a chance to talk about here later. Um, 
so he's going to have to bear a lot of responsibility defensively on their schedule because he's the only guy this year that of, of any size that played consistently. Um, Andrew Leeper from, from Homestead, I think a kid that his game is stretching out a little bit more as he's gotten older. 6'5", I think he's left-handed. Shoots the ball well. I've not seen him shoot the ball off the move, like coming off screens. It's been more kickouts, pick and pops, where he's set on the catch. Or he's been able to put the ball, get, get in a situation where he can drive and, and get to the rim. Um, he is, you know, he's a guy that, you know, they, they plays with Goody, so he's not going to have to bear the brunt offensively, you know, being the top guy on the, you know, on the, on the scouting report. But he's definitely a kid that, um, you know, look forward to him, look forward to Homestead, really being really getting back to where they're you know, maybe losing just two or three games during the year instead of the six or seven that they lost this year. Um, any other kids that we're missing, especially up north? I mean, no. there really isn't. Yeah, it's really – I mean, I hate – Down your area like other lists have been. I mean, even Southern Indiana is a little thin at – at the the small forward spot. I mean, even some of the other guys we've we've talked about, or we've we've got Rashad, Rashid Jones from Marion and um, Clark Barrett from Lafayette Central Catholic. His brother Carson. Um, he's probably a better shooter than his brother. Uh, Carson's such a such a uh, versatile player, and 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 Clark is you know he's he's just a kid that was hurt beginning of the year. Either that or didn't have enough practices. Couldn't remember what that was when he when LCC was playing in the uh, the Journal and Courier Classic up at Lafayette. Um, but then him and Billy Smith and, and Cale Vanderbush, Billy Smith's from Burbuff, Cale Vanderbush from Plainfield, those are other guys that I think people will need to keep an eye on. Point guard-wise, the number one kid in the class, I mean, obviously at this point it's still debatable, but – but most people think the number one in the class is Leland Walker from North Central, and I, I'm not too far off that point. Um, you know, he's teammates with Tayshawn Comer at Cathedral, and, and there's some good natured back and forth in the in in the city, in the county, especially that who's better between those two. I, I give the edge to Walker, and, and mostly just because he's so explosive athletically, and we. I, the, the difference between him this year and last year in terms of running a team and managing possessions are night and day. And, and last year as a freshman, it was obvious his athleticism, his quickness, his abilities with the ball. Um, you could see it. I mean, there was no question he was a different player than most of the guys on the floor, even, even on the schedule, North central play. He just is different athletically. And, but he also got himself into trouble. He would he would overpenetrate. He would play too fast. It was a new system with with Coach Hahn, and it wasn't. I mean, it was going to be a new system for him anyway because he was a freshman. But everybody else was on a new system because he was playing with you know with older kids. And there's probably some more structure, especially early in a possession, for Coach Hahn than there is for Coach Mitchell. And so he would Leland would just speed through that. And just play into a lot of errors. And that was early in the year. 
didn't get a chance to see him later in the year as a freshman. But then this year, seeing him three times during the season across the entire season, just a completely different player um, from the neck up. And, and fun to watch because he can take over stretches of games. He's a good outside shooter. He gets downhill in a hurry. He's, he's probably going to shoot more than pass when he's penetrating. Um, but he's but he's not missing obvious reads. And, you know, some of that then depends on the skill set of the guys he's, he's interacting with, especially ball screen-wise. Um, Charlie Peterson, who's, who's going to West Point, he's not, at least with the way he played North Central, wasn't really a pick-and-pop guy. He was, but it was more mid-range. Um, so Walker was pretty much getting downhill. And if he couldn't find Peterson right with him, you know, as he was getting to the rim, um, he pretty much was going up to the basket. So, but overall, his athleticism is going to carry him through. I know we've talked a little bit off air about how some of these guys are size is going to be an issue. You'll get into that a little bit with Grayson. Yeah. Leland, no different. Yeah. And Leland's no different. He's six, you know, he's six feet tall. Um, he's not huge, um, so he's got some you know strength he has to get uh, built into. But I, I think he's I don't know I, he's already got an IUPUI offer. I think that's just the start of things to come. And and he was a kid that's affected greatly by this shutdown because that group, the Team T group with Comer, they were going to get a lot of you know high majors looking in on them and in a large part because of Leland, but that's one of those deals where he goes out with that kind of audience and, and has a really good game. One team offers and then the dominoes just kind of start falling in place. And, and he's just a kid that I think playing at North central is going to be able to prepare him. And, and just overall physically, the only thing he's got against him is just his size. So um, moving to Braden Smith from Westfield, and from the neck up, he's as good as it gets. He he's a kid that he was a starter there as a freshman. He, he he's basically carried Westfield this year to their their best record in God knows how long. Certainly their best record since being a, considered a big school. You know they had some good years in the in late '80s, but but those were when they were just a small one or two A football school. So they they were a much smaller team back then, or and and playing different competition. They started the year eight and zero, and and played the rest of the year a little bit above five hundred. But but he had a great year, and and he's a kid that he he gets downhill. He's he's really effective in the paint, finding people. And if there's a knock on him, it's that sometimes he needs to get into his shot more, and be a little bit more. I'm trying to get the basket to school. Um, and there's times where he has been able to make some brilliant plays from nothing. And he, he did a couple of those against in the, the Carmel games that I saw this year. And there was a stretch in the second half, the sectional game where he finally started to get going that you thought, okay, well, if they have a couple breaks go their way, they can get back in it. And, and luckily from my perspective, he, he wasn't able to get them over the hump, but, but the talent is there. And, it, and if Westfield's going to win a sectional, it, it's going to be with him in the next two years. And, and he had Cam Hafner firing away uh, in, in the sectionals, and Cam had a good sectional. So those two guys together, both sophomores, we talked about, touched on Cam a little bit, the shooting guard part. Um, Braden just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And size is going to be an issue with him. 
but he is going to definitely have some D1 looks. He is, and it's not that he's not athletic. He is. He's just not Lilo Walker, but a lot of these guys aren't. So um, I, I love Braden's outside shot. I love everything about his game, really. And and he's going to be definitely one of the top point guards as this class moves through. What what have you liked? You've, you saw Travis Grayson play a lot. What Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I did. I saw Travis a lot at uh, Chesterton. Uh, going back to last year, even watching him play, uh, played in that regional champion or no regional first round game over in uh, Michigan City. Uh, like we've talked about with other guys, this position size wise, he's just he's a small guy. They have listed at six foot. Uh, that might be stretching it a little bit for him, but but he's really improved from from last year to this year. Uh, gets to the rim about any time he wants to. We kind of talked before about competition level for him. Uh, I got the chance to see him against Blackhawk this year, and and he's not going to back down from anybody. He took it right to first chest a couple times to the basket, would finish. Uh, is the kind of kid that's going to hit his free throws too if he gets contact around the rim. Uh, quick first step. Really shifty. I like to call him a bulldog. He just on defense, he'll he'll grind, get after you. Just not a kid you want guarding you. I don't feel like at the point guard position. Uh, makes you turn the ball over. You know he's he, he'll steal it from you and then he'll take it down and finish. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy they're really going to rely on in the next couple of years with uh, with Wadding leaving. Uh, and he's a re- really good tone setter for that team and. It all, it's all going to start with him from now on, I feel like. And, and I know I'm going to put you on the spot, and I'm going to put myself on the spot here, too. I don't remember the last time Chesterton had a really good point guard that started this young, that, that started as a sophomore. I mean, I could be completely wrong on that. Um, yeah, and I'm not, but, I'm not sure either. Where Was the younger Polymizio, was he a point guard, or was he more of a two or three? I can't remember. He was definitely not a point. Um, okay. Yeah, definitely not that. And, and – I mean, they've certainly had kids. I mean, Wadding's one of them that that started was starting as a freshman. I, I just don't remember. Right at the point guard position. Yeah, sure. anybody. Yeah, anybody in the backcourt. Um, of course, Trevor Andershock, who who does this for his own site. He's a he's a Chesterton grad. He would know way more about that. Um, sure, I'll get a you know maybe if he's if he listens, I'll get a text message or something from him. But but I don't know that. Yeah, it's if anything, it's been a long time and. You know, I've not. I didn't get a chance to see him play, but I but heard a lot of good things, and and it's it's good that uh, it's good that you like him. Um, a, a kid at Fort Wayne Carroll that I saw twice during the year, or really early and then really late. Jalen Jackson I liked him the first time I saw him quite a bit, and liked him even more the second time. And he's while size maybe is a little bit of an issue with him at six one, he's probably taller than some of these guys we've been talking about at this position. He's really strong. And he's he's got a nice body on him. He scored he looked to score more the second time I saw him play. And I don't know if that was just a function of being comfortable or the first game was against Penn and they kind of controlled the game a little bit. The second time I saw him was against Carmel and they were coming from behind. So he was he was taking more of an initiative. He got injured a little bit in the Carmel game, missed some possessions, and, and they really, at that point, whatever comeback they were inching into, 
sort of stalled. And as a sophomore, again, at Carroll, that's, that's a rarity at a program that is typically senior dominated and, and sometimes juniors, but, but that's a kid that um, I really liked his development just in running the team while still looking to score. Um, another kid that out of Indy, Tayshawn Comer, we, I touched on him a little bit talking with Leland. He is generally regarded as in the same discussion with Leland as who's the best point guard in the, in the Indianapolis area, um, or at least in, in Marion County, as Braden Smith falls in the Indianapolis area. But Comer's a kid that can really get hot and take over stretches of games for Cathedral. And he is, he is definitely a kid that this year developed a, a better sense for what was around him in terms of like shooters and, and working with, with, uh, with Pete Moe inside who we're going to touch on later in the bra in the in the podcast um but overall his development um is going to be more of a guy that has to set people up at six feet he is an improving shooter he is a kid that um you know he's already he's already starting to get some offers and i, I think that people love his competitiveness and his shot mechanics are such that when you look at him it's it's not even going to be an issue. I mean, it, it, people don't think it'll be an issue, but, but athletically, I just think that as he's, he's good, he's maybe not Lila Walker good, but definitely stronger than Lila Walker. So there's a lot of give and take between those two guys, especially in this area as to who's better. Now they're good friends, they're teammates. So they'll, they'll take that discussion in stride, but that's going to be, what a lot of people, especially college coach-wise, are, are going to try to make decisions on as to which one of those two guys they're, they're going to try and get. Anybody else in, in the northern part of the state? I know I had a chance to see Jackson where you didn't, but anybody else in your area? Uh, my area-wise, I've heard a lot of good things about guys like uh, Drew Hogan. They're kind of further down on our list, but like Drew Hogan. Uh, yeah. And then there's some some kids from Elkhart that I'd really like to get to see that I haven't yet. Uh, the Crown Point kid, Drew Adzia. Adzia, yeah. And then uh, Cole Hatkovich at St. Joe. Uh, he hasn't been really relied upon to do a lot of things right now with JR and uh, Fuda and the Odell brothers, but but I could see that coming for him in the future, a little bit getting more involved. Yeah, it looks like there's some kids definitely up there that, are are definitely going to be key guys for the next two years, but but maybe definitely yeah, moving forward. Yeah, from a recruiting standpoint, we'll just we'll see where that goes. Um, three guys from South Indiana that we definitely need to touch on. Um, one is is Brandon Northern from Silver Creek, and and he's a kid that's already got an offer from Alabama A and M. You know, he played a role last year in their state championship team, and and definitely this year he was their third guy, and and a lot of times definitely good enough to be their second guy. In fact, the game against Fort Wayne Blackhawk at Southport, as as Trey Kaufman was struggling both with first and with foul trouble, Cooper Jacoby was pretty much keeping them in the game, but Brandon Northern was playing a key role in that because he would be the guy that as attention shifted to Cooper in the first half, especially. Brandon would, would, would sneak in and get baskets. He would create the kind of pressure, too, on the Blackhawk guards that struggled struggle with that. 
and, and created some offense out of his defense. And then in the second half, when Kaufman started to shake the rust off or shake the dust off a little bit and get going, those three guys together were too much for Blackhawk. And, and, you know, Silver Creek, probably certainly a favorite to win a state title this year. And I would guess way big time hands on favorite to win it next year. Brandon Northern is a big part of that. Um, another kid that I've not had a chance to see, but hear just a lot of good things about is, is Hagen Nepp from Bar Reeve. Um, he's a kid that from the very beginning of the season was setting the tone that he was one of the top players in that area. And I know coach Thompson did a great job this year, getting his name out to people and, and making sure they knew what he was doing statistically in games. And of course, Bar Reeves, those are wins. You know, he's, those aren't empty stats. Those are stats that are contributing to wins. Those are stats that are, that are contributing to them being one of the, you know, probably the best 2A team in the state or one of the best 2A teams, or no, 1A teams in the state, sorry. Um, you know, and, and Hagen's a kid that the interesting thing with him will be, and having, having not seen him play, this is a bit of a presumption on my part, how well he guards outside of their schedule. How can he guard the point against against better athletes? And as good as some of the teams Barry plays, they don't have the type of Division One caliber athleticism that you're just going to have to face game in game out. And and that may be a difference maker for him. But but offensively and in terms of doing a lot of things in the court, he he plays a he's he plays a key role. Um, and the last one we want to talk about, and again, a guy that I know had a really good year, but I didn't get a chance to see play, uh, is Caden Stanton from New Albany. He's a guy with Tucker Bivin. Both those kids, the sophomore, started for New Albany. And, and you know, and it's they've obviously had a nice run of guards come through there with, with Romeo Langford, obviously, and then Sean East coming along with Rome. But, but – I, I think those two guys probably maybe not the future that Romeo has plowed into, uh, but, but certainly somebody that, you know, that, that um, coach down there strongly believes in and, you know, it remains to be seen what they do with the rest of that group. They, have, I don't know if they had a whole lot of size coming up, uh, but then, you know, I've not had a chance to see their, their younger kids, their JV roster, but, but it looks like at least in the backcourt with those two kids, uh, their um, their future is solid. So next we're moving to the center position. And unless you've got anything else that you want to talk about as far as point yeah. guards. Uh, as far as point guards, we, you talk about Nep and the, the thing he has over most of the people we've discussed is that size at 6'3". <clears throat> So that that should be interesting moving forward on where he moves on our list and and, and really anybody's list statewide. Well, yeah, just and, and, it's, size. <clears throat> and whether or not he's, I mean, if how well he shoots the ball, he could play off the ball. I, it's just he's just an intriguing player, and I think a lot of it too is the unknown, at least on our part, not not seeing him play yet. The only two kids matter. Sure. The only two kid on any of this list that I haven't seen play are those two, and. But it's just or those two. I mean, Nep and Stanton. Um, it's um, but it's obvious from people in the, in the southern part of the state that those two guys are, are going to be really good. Jeff Moe at a cathedral. Son of I'm sorry, Jeff Moe's his dad. Jeff Moe played at Brebuff in the in the late '80s, or I'm sorry, the the, the mid '80s, and went to Iowa. Had a good college career there. His son Pete. You know, Jeff was 6'3", maybe. Pete's 6'8". 
So you know, Jeff definitely uh, breeded up a little bit in in terms of in terms of uh, children. Um, Pete's a kid that's great, real strong body. Not doesn't doesn't have great quickness. Uh, definitely becoming more agile, and his footwork's really improved. And he's he's got a pretty good touch around the basket. Uh, you know, athletically, will be interesting to see what he can do as teams start to challenge him more. And that's going to be a big thing for his recruiting uh, is what types of things can he guard, you know, in, in terms of especially ball screen action. You know, how does he handle – how does he handle hedges – you know, blitzes, does he get caught up in screens just in general off the ball? Uh, you know, those are things that right now he's just used to being the biggest, baddest kid on the block. And, and it's not to say he relies on that completely. Um, but that's been the situation. And, for you know, for him, when I've, when I've seen him play, you know, away from Cathedral, you know, what I've liked about him is they've been able to go to him as a sophomore and he's produced. And it's not consistent. There, Cathedral's still more of a perimeter-oriented team, but he's definitely got a lot of potential, and, and they're going to they're gonna run a lot of stuff through him as he gets older. And uh, Another kid in the area, Charlie Williams from Carmel, one of, one of three sophomores, four sophomores that started for Carmel. 6'9", um, and is and I'm real careful when I say this. As a sophomore, more skilled and more touch than what John Michael Malloy had and not, not the body, not the athleticism, not the strength, but, but definitely able to go with either hand um, off the glass hook, soft hook over the front of the rim. However you want to do it. Offensively, Charlie's got a lot of tools, hits a good mid range jump shot. And, and Charlie's biggest thing is strength and staying on the floor. He gets in foul trouble a lot. Uh, assume that'll change as he gets stronger and but but definitely a kid that um, you know you, you start to you start to think that if he's a d1 caliber kid maybe you know with him and Suter um, you know again Carmel's got a good thing going not, not hating that um, the, Landon Babuziak from Hanover Central you Zach, that's kind of a guy you've had a chance to see, and I didn't get a chance to see him this year. I did see him when he was a freshman, but but he really wasn't getting a whole lot of varsity time as a freshman. Yeah, definitely. Uh, good with the ball in his hands, obviously. Can do back to the basket, can step out and hit a three if he needs to. Uh, even can go to the elbow and hit a shot now and then. Uh, runs the floor really well can finish on both sides of the rim good with his left hand even uh good court vision i've seen him bring the ball up the court a couple times on a steal or even on a rebound he'll keep and bring the ball up uh loves getting downhill in that position and taking it right to the basket as well uh and he can play defense uh block shots with his length and uh, a little bit of athleticism as well yeah i think it's his that i think it's his length and and mobility that's got some people excited about him and and he's obviously got a lot of development can do physically and they they've had some good teams there at Hanover and and or Hanover Central and and I know they're pretty excited about 
about him and again a team that's kind of robbed from <laughs> the shutdown but yeah. um you know um dominic goodio and and him were a really nice one-two punch and and a a point guard who can really is really clever with the ball and and always seems to make the right plays and a, and a six nine kid who's who's an above average athlete and a kid with decent touch uh, that that's that's a tough combination yeah definitely um not not much in the center class it, it's it's still indiana for pete's sake there's usually not a whole lot of centers um in a given class the only, i think the only other name did you in your chance to watch valpo did you get to see their jv a whole lot thomas baroni is a, a kid that i'm a little bit familiar with but nope. had you had a chance to see him i, I wasn't able to no you know they they've got the jones brothers cooper who's going to play football in college and and then mason who's who is definitely going to have a chance to play basketball and both those kids i mean mason's skilled for, for especially for a freshman um and his his brother Cooper is, is more of their post presence and but the Baroni kid six ten, good length, you know he's got a chance to, if he can just really, you know big men develop differently, you know one day he'll wake up and and decide he wants to just play through people, and be physical and 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 not just avoid not just take contact but but make contact and be able to play through it and um that's not there yet but a lot of that's not his fault that's just physical maturation and a lot of kids his side there's a lot of kids his side struggle with that so um but that's basically it as far as centers um i mean aaron humphrey out of warren is a, is a kid that's good size but not great size six five Strong kid will definitely have a chance to make an impact for uh, for Warren Central this year. Um, and then Jack Mahoney at Lake Central, 6'9", 6'8", 6'9", kid, who is, you know, he'll he'll need to work to improve his quickness um, and get more agile on the court. A kid that's got pretty good hands and, and pretty good feel around the paint. Not really a low post score, more of a catch, more of a face-up shoot guy. Um, but that, but he'll have time to develop that as well. And and at six eight and probably two thirty, uh, he's he's got a nice size, nice frame to work on. So that's kind of it for for the center position, and and that really wraps us up for the for the twenty twenty two class. Any any um any kids you you're looking forward to seeing more play? They don't just have to be Northern Indiana kids. Just anything in general? Uh, yeah, just the, the few we had mentioned. The Caden Bond trigger is definitely intriguing. Uh, some of the more Elkhart kids we didn't really get into I think would be nice to check out yeah. as well, uh, especially with, with Memorial and Central merging. It'll be interesting to see how the first year goes there under, under Coach Sears. Yeah, we need to – yeah, there will be a time where we look to – see what that looks like on paper because that's if there if there's a way to to really jump start an athletic program it's it's a damn merge that's for sure you look at park heritage <laughs> what they did down rockville and and um turkey run uh they've been really good in football so far and, and they had a really good basketball year and then going back to wr white river valley back when they merged uh switch city worthington and 
L and M. Um, going back to the early '90s, early to mid '90s, with uh, the Graves brothers and and the, the amazing teams they had in single class days, where they were competing with Jeffersonville and New Albany and and Evansville schools and you know Elkhart. This is the first time we've had a chance to see in a while a big school, two big schools combining. Yeah. Both those schools are four A normally. Right. Or is Memorial 3A? Was it, uh, they were, no, they were, they were four. They're both 4A, yeah. So this is a rare situation. There's going to be some movement there. And um, looking forward to how that looks on paper. So for me, Julian Norris is a kid that I we definitely need to get our eyes on. Definitely need to get my eyes on him. Um, and... Um, and then, of course, Jalen Washington. That's the elephant in the room. That you know, hopefully right. he gets a chance to get healthy. Definitely. Um, but um, anyway, well, that's that's the end of this one, uh, Zach. I, again, thank you for your time. It's been it's been great. I know. Um, I think next week we're going to talk more about freshmen. I know those are some kids that I think next week our goal will be to talk about freshmen who had impact on the varsity. And not even even related to recruiting or 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 anything we might have list wise, just kids that we think have made that that had a statistical impact on the varsity team. And I know you're going to have plenty of options up there for that. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, we'll be able to move our way through the state uh, with some kids on that end, too. So uh, but this is Jim Reamer again. Thank you for your time, Zach. uh, Appreciate appreciate your time as always anything any last words yeah. anything to promote or, or pump yeah always a pleasure uh i've been watching a lot of a lot of handmaids here recently oh have you got to see that great one? yeah oh yeah i'm all caught up on that yeah that that's that shit's scary right there oh definitely um you know there's there's not too many times right of late where you think well we we're maybe a couple steps away from that yeah right from that kind of right. government control I know there's some people that think we're getting that type of government control now, yes, but, that's but um, story. we're going to stay away from yeah. that version of crazy. <laughs> um, but um, nothing like fighting social distance by congregating with a bunch of strangers and oh yeah, bring your kids. Yeah. And wear masks. Um, that, that's as much, yeah, that's as much political talk as we're going to have on this, <laughs> on this podcast right now. Don't get me started, but um, lose enough followers as it is. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Handmaid's Tale is good. Um, obviously, the Jordan Doc. We're working our way through uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's that's a good show. It's funny. Um, just trying to get get the uh, binge watching in sync between between me and and the girlfriend, and and so that way we can watch stuff together when when the new seasons come out. Sure. And. and um, yeah, she's uh, she's a prosecutor. So we got about halfway through the first season of Handmaid's Tale, trying to get her caught up, and she and she was done. So that was enough for her. Not interested, and, no. or too scared? No, I, I, not too scared. I think too connected. <laughs> okay. Too too connected to that kind of evil. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's 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 interesting. I look at it from a political dynamic and and how that plays out. Um. 
and, and even a little bit of the control dynamic and, and seeing how that plays out and the, the warped minds of the people that are writing that show. Oh, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, a little, a little too connected to that. And, um, be like me or you watching Hoosiers and getting overly emotional, you know, because it's basketball. Right. We love basketball. Sure. This uh, imagine that extra level of emotion just with much more terror. And uh, that's that's what she's had to go through. So she she bowed out. So we moved on to to Cheers and Miss Maisel and and um, oh, she did love Ozark, though. Oh, yeah. That's one of my she did, favorites. She did love Ozark. So, yeah. And so we're, we're getting in sync, our, our binge watching and, and she's got me watching top chef now. Oh boy. And, um, yeah, well, have you watched that stuff? Uh, top chef. I, I love cooking myself. I'm the cook. I'm, I'm the cooker here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, those, those, those judges are as pretentious as pretentious can get. So some of the stuff they say, they talk about cooking, like we might talk about basketball, right. but, um, anyway, well, anyway, I think we've covered that subject. Uh, the uh, So next week, we'll talk about freshmen. And this week, we were talking about the class 2022. Appreciate everybody listening. Get a chance to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. And if you get a chance to rate and review us, appreciate as many five-star reviews as we can get. And yes, that's us pandering at the moment. So. <laughs> Uh, Zach, have a good week, and we'll talk to you again next Monday night. Yeah, thanks, you too.